PPI comes in warmer than expected with the impressive month over month jump. That's following uh, warmer than expected CPI. So far, the market's been able to process it. Is this going to be too much? Let's talk with Brian Frank, portfolio manager of the Frank Value Fund, joining us this morning. Brian, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Oliver. Does uh, any of the data here this week uh, maybe push Jerome Powell to take a little bit more of an aggressive stance again, or is the market telling us in its strength that uh, he's already given the blessing? Uh, I think it's much more that the market is pushing him to, to raise some rates here. Um, nobody's, nobody's considering the fact that inflation could linger here. And well, at least the, the equity market's not considering that fact. And the bond market is clearly saying, hey, maybe rates actually do have to be higher for longer. That's exactly what the Fed wants. And maybe these unprofitable growth stocks shouldn't be driving the bus because they crashed it in 2021. So <laughs> I think investors have a lot to think about with these inflation reports because it doesn't look like it's going away anytime soon. Well, well said on the bus analogy. Unfortunately, it does seem to some extent we're dabbling in the uh, uh, stuff that really hurt us uh, last year. How do we know, uh, what do we look for to know if uh, the Fed will have to change that tone? I mean, bonds seemingly are starting to uh, hint at that with the rise in the two-year, but do we need to really hear it um, from Powell? Is that what ultimately matters, the language? Yeah, I don't know what's going to tip the equity market back into reality here because you nailed it. It's the two-year. The two-year uh, rate is just going up and up, and it's approaching the Fed funds rate, um, and that's that's what it, where it was all in 2021. The two-year was ahead of the Fed funds rate, meaning that the bond market thought the Fed should be raising rates, and we started pricing in all these cuts, and the two-year was well below the Fed funds rate, but now we're going back in the other direction. So. That's a really good one to keep an eye on. I don't know um, if the Fed is actually going to come out and say it, although there could be a reacceleration, maybe 50 basis points in the next couple of meetings. Who knows? Um, it's just it, it's not a good place to be if you're in a high valuation stock, though, and that, that's really primarily my focus. You don't want to be investing in things that have these low earnings yields when the risk free rate is approaching 5% here. Try pricing you know, a 20, 25 times earning stock at a 5% risk-free rate, it just doesn't work. So I think equity investors really are taking on a lot of risk if they're not considering how serious the Fed is or how serious this lingering inflation problem is. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, Brian, uh, there were a few moments in the last, called three months, where it looked like bonds were kind of functioning again as a hedge to equities. We did see moments there when the yield was uh, contained, and I guess arguably the 10-year still is. We would get days where stocks were down and bonds firmed up. Now we're getting more just kind of persistent bond selling. So how does that factor into one's portfolio allocation uh, uh, mindset? I know you're largely a stock picker, but when you talk with clients, how much of the stock picking depends on what your bond positions are? Oh, a lot, <laughs> all of it. Um, they're all priced together because bonds are less risky. You know, the government bond is essentially risk-free. So if you can earn high yields on these things without taking as much risk as investing in a company, then that, that's pretty darn important. So we consider that because we also manage private wealth. So we do separate accounts. We have, we have clients in bonds, but we're keeping the duration tight still because this is a different regime. The 30-year bull market in bonds is over, and that inverse correlation that kind of ran risk parity and helped these 60-40 portfolios, I, I, don't, I think we're in a different world now because of this inflation. It's, it's really hard to emphasize how different that is. So you have to be very careful of inflation um, on your duration in bonds. 
and you have to be very careful on your equities. This isn't a market where you can just broad-based in an index and hope to make 15% per year, which has happened the last 10 years. Um, this is a stock picker's market. And the stocks that we're finding are very low valuation, but you can't find an index that has an appropriate valuation, in my opinion, that matches up against these bond yields. Tell us about what you're doing in your value fund. How do you avoid the worst of uh, what potentially could happen in stocks the way you're describing? Well, I, I think the proof is in the pudding. So the Frank Value Fund was up four percent last year because nice. we didn't have, you know, we didn't have these drunkards driving the bus as we were talking about in 2021. We didn't have any of those unprofitable companies. So profitable companies are doing well, and many of them, specifically, we like the mid-sized um, energy companies, are still producing a lot of profits and at great valuations. So we are worried about a recession. We are worried about the macro, but I would say that these energy companies have much stronger balance sheets than in the past. Many of them have more cash than debt, which hasn't happened in decades. Um, and they're still just minting cash here at very low valuation. So they're being shareholder friendly. We got two dividend increases in January in the fund in positions. Um, we're getting special dividends. We're getting acquisitions. We're getting joint ventures. All this stuff is happening behind the scenes that's actually helping value keep pace with kind of the FOMO you know, positioning rally that's happening right now in these unprofitable growth stocks. But I would argue what's happening to my companies is actually real. There's real cash coming in. And you could just see another complete collapse in these unprofitable growth companies as reality sets in later this year. Yeah. I do see the staples uh, uh, coke up there, a big uh, a chunk of uh, your holdings as of the last report. Uh, see the energy companies playing a role too, as well as some uh, interesting uh, overlooked stocks for sure. Plenty of names I think people are not going to know right off the bat to your point about the stock picking. Uh, it also uh, has a Calumet specialty holding of around eight and a half percent. Is that a holding of another fund uh, uh, in your family of funds, the event driven fund? Um, Venture, I don't think owns Calumet, but it is the number one in the Frank Value Fund. Um, and I, I should talk to the event driven guys because it, there is a big catalyst happening there. So we both funds actually focus on catalysts. We like value to be released. We don't like to say, hey, there's something here. The market should value it higher. Um, instead, we say this is going to get released. You know, you're going to be forced to, re to recognize this value. So Calumet has oh, a I very see. large. Oh, got it. This um, is a stock. Sorry, I thought this was another fund that you owned in here. Okay, oh, go ahead. Thanks. Oh, um, so yeah, it, it is. It's a stock, but no, I can see the confusion because it is a limited partnership. So it's not something every fund can buy. You can't buy it in an IRA. These are. That's my job is to find these hidden gems. And within this company, they have a renewable diesel slash sustainable aviation fuel asset that I would argue is worth multiples of the market cap. And the catalyst to release that is they're going to do a transaction. Um, Amazon, FedEx, UPS, they all want to reduce their transportation costs with this sustainable aviation fuel. JetBlue just did a deal trying to lock down sustainable aviation fuel. Everybody's trying to reduce their carbon, but there are very few ways to do it, especially with airplanes and Calumet is going to be the largest producer of sustainable aviation fuel in the country. So when they release that value by either selling it to a larger company or even doing an IPO, um, it could be a very large event for, for the fund. Okay, super interesting stuff, uh, especially with the stock specific uh, uh, pick there, Brian. Thanks for the walkthrough and we'll definitely keep our eyes on it uh, as uh, the macro uh, take here is gonna be particularly important following some of these data. Great to catch up, thanks for being here, Brian. Thanks for having me. Brian's a portfolio manager of the Frank Value Fund. Pretty steady 
throughout a lot of volatility the past year.